creativity alone just won't cut it. The C Word is a podcast about when creative meets business. You're in a place for designers who want a creative business in which they're valued. Great client relationships, work to be proud of, and the moolah to show for it. All with your sanity and creative mojo intact. Join me, Beck Hughes, your creative business cheer squad, for weekly chats to inspire and spur you into action. Let's challenge the BS, the shoulds, the fads and the FOMO and find what works for you. I read a rare, stop me in my tracks, good enough to want to share in my stories piece of content recently. The post was by Julia at Greenhouse Interiors And it read like this. Dear kids, I resign from all laundry duties, effective immediately. No notice will be given because it made jack shit of difference the last time I resigned. So consider this the last of my laundry resignations. And I heard that sigh of relief because you think you are now off my nagging train. But what you don't realise is that you are now instead on a train that stops at all stations to Stinkville and responsible for your own filth. May you roll in it, sleep in it, wear it and turn your crusty undies inside out till they fall apart at your ankles because that is exactly what I know you're going to do. Thanks for the opportunity to work with you over the last 14 years, wishing you a very bright future. Kiss mum. True story, this is what they got today. Now, my laundry is going to stay this pretty as their dirty bits will just litter their bedroom floor. P.S. I know pest control and hazmat suits will be required next. If you want similar baskets, we have them. If you want the tiles, head to GTMB. And if you want my kids, check Gumtree. This post was accompanied by a picture of Julia's gorgeous laundry. And if you know anything about greenhouse interiors, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. And what this post also is, is a content masterclass. So as well as enjoying it for what it was, I thought I'd do a little diagnostic, if you like, to see what we can all learn from it. So are you ready? Let's do this and take notes because this is about your content effectiveness too. Before I get into that and talk a bit more about Julia's post, I just want to make it clear, I'm not just talking about social media here. I always think as soon as I say the word content, I should quantify that and be clear about what I mean. Content takes many forms and I want you to think about these strategies in all of your content. It could be blogs, podcasts, your email, e-guides or e-books, worksheets, checklists, masterclasses, guest content, video content, case studies, infographics even, and media and PR, white papers and reports, as well as social media post stories and reels. So content is a lot of things, not just your social tiles. I also want to make it clear what the job of content is, because ultimately the job of content is to grow your business. The things that underpin that are things like build authority, create connection, build trust, become a destination so people keep coming back to your content, create a desire to work with you, give people validation and empathy maybe. There are lots of things that underpin 
your content objectives, but ultimately they all ladder to the objective of growth. It's cause and effect. You're working on those things. They are the cause that will feed intentional growth, which is the effect that you're striving for. No one's working to build authority for its own sake, I don't think. Tell me if you think I'm wrong, though. So with that in mind, let's get back to Julia at Greenhouse Interiors. Quite spectacular post. Thinking about it and reflecting on what grabbed me and what engaged me, there are five great strategies that I think this content demonstrates quite masterfully, which we can all learn from and we can maybe inject some of it into our own content. So the first strategy that stands out for me and is one that is very important to me and I've spoken about before too, but it's demonstrated here, is get out of the studio and into your client's office. And I mean this metaphorically, not literally. Don't rock up unannounced unless you're carrying donuts, of course. My point here is we tend to create content about what we know best, which is fine, assuming it's what our audience wants and needs to know. What I'm talking about here is content that's more relevant to other designers than to your audience. And I call this comfort zone content. It's things like illustrator tricks, beautiful fonts of the month, design a life, hashtag design a life relatable content, or watch me design a logo in 10 minutes. It's fun. It's nice. It makes you smile. It's easy, but it doesn't resonate with your audience, unless your audience is other designers, of course. And it's comfort zone because you don't have to share a strong opinion. You don't have to have a point of view necessarily, particularly one that some people might not agree with. You don't have to articulate things that might be a bit harder to explain. And you don't have to tell people what they may not want to hear. You're in the studio shooting the breeze with other designers. That's not where you need to be. So instead of illustrator tips and tricks, how about Canva tips that allow your audience to leverage a strong brand foundation, noting that they need the foundation first and that's where you come in. Maybe instead of beautiful font lineup of the month, it's what brand personality is amplified through different font styles. Instead of hashtag designer life relatable content that really speaks to other designers, how about hashtag small business owner life, which would ideally be focused on your niche or your target audience. And maybe instead of watch me design a logo in 10 minutes, maybe it's let me walk you through my brand creation process, aka what makes it so rigorous. There's a lot more that goes into this than putting the elements together in 10 minutes in a time-lapse. Can you see the difference? I can't even be nice about this anymore. Stop creating content for other designers unless you want to become a design influencer or an industry mentor. It's naughty, don't do it. And going back to Julia's laundry, because <laughs> this is what we're learning from. She isn't telling other interior designers how to style a beautiful laundry. She's offering her audience a simple way to make their laundry more bougie with some beautiful baskets. The second strategy, again, I talk about this a fair bit, is the so what story. AKA, why should I give an F? What's in it for me? Why should I give this some of my valuable and limited headspace? 
why should I bother to read this piece of content? This is sharing the what as well as the so what. And the so what is the why, the impact, the outcome, whatever you want to call it. So to illustrate this point, a typical piece of content might be five SEO tips. That's the what. But you also need the so what. Remind your audience why SEO is worth the investment. What will it get me other than an SEO optimized website? That's the what, but what's the so what? Or look at this beautiful work I created. Okay, but what problem did it solve for the client and how will that resonate with someone else? Or check out my service packages. But what will they do for my business, not just what do I get? A brand is not a logo. Well, what is it then? And why do I need a brand? How are a brand and a logo different? You have to stop just delivering the what and start talking about the so what in your content. You have to take the next step with your content and be explicit about the takeout. Don't leave it to your audience to infer the meaning and don't assume they know what you know. You know why SEO is important, but your audience may not. You know your client has had a surge in marketing confidence as a result of their new brand, but that isn't obvious just from a beautifully crafted portfolio piece. Julia's So What story was that even though your laundry is a workhorse, it's a functional room, it's the domain of stinky socks, it can still look beautiful. The what is the accessories, the baskets. The So What is the inspiration to have a gorgeous laundry. The third strategy is what I've called the barbecue chat principle. Because you wouldn't walk into a barbecue, command the attention of the room and reel off five attributes of a perfect sausage. (laughs) Don't do it in your content. I'm not saying don't educate and share what you know, but for the love of fluffy little chocolate Labrador puppies, make it engaging. People want a pal not a preacher. They want someone engaging and interesting, someone who feels real and authentic to them, not someone who's there to just deliver a message and leave. So the barbecue chat principle, being more interesting, being more authentic, being a pal, comes through a couple of things. The first thing is your perspective. So when you're sharing a message through your content, ask yourself, do I believe this? Am I sharing something interesting or unique or am I repeating safe messages that have been around the traps a hundred times? Use your voice. Read it out. Does this sound like me or does it sound like a news reader? Add a bit of sizzle to it. Give it some cut through. Give it some personality. Use real examples. That's very conversational. It's very relatable. And does it feel conversational? Does it feel like you're just having a chat? Or is it preachy or unapproachable? Are you telling rather than coaching? Dry, boring content, it's a waste of your time. And it's really not a waste of anyone else's time because they probably won't read it anyway. You need to be able to read your own content with a critical ear. Not I, ear. (laughs) It's hard to burst your own balloons though, isn't it? But it's a discipline that will serve you well. Really ask yourself, Is this a good read or is it content filler? So for example, let's take a typical piece of content that a designer might share. 
Um, five elements of good logo design. Honestly now, would you be falling over yourself to read it? More importantly, do you think your audience is? The promise of this content falls short on a couple of levels, I think. There's no so what, going back to the so what story. It's getting dangerously close to talking to other designers rather than the audience that you want to talk to. And it doesn't pass the barbecue chat test because it's pretty dry. It's drier than a vegan sausage. No offense, vegans. <laughs> On the other hand, you might go with something like, just like no one will tell you you have an ugly baby, who would do that? No one will tell you your logo isn't cutting the mustard. So how do you know if your logo is elevating or undermining your business? Here are the five benchmarks so you can decide if your logo is a perfect little bundle or something only a mother could love. So it's the same content, but instead of just being a dry, maybe slightly preachy, here we go, just so you know, I'm going to educate you on something now, personality-less thing, it's got a good injection of personality. There's a bit of sizzle to it, a bit of fun. It's conversational. It's approachable rather than being preachy. And on top of that, there's a bit of storytelling. And there's also the so what story in there too. And in the greenhouse interiors example, Julia didn't go into, you know, three reasons baskets are a great addition to your laundry or five laundry styling accessories you can't be without. She made it relatable and conversational. It was her tone of voice that captured my attention and it had some sass and it had some sizzle to it. It was relatable. It felt like a real person, someone who might be a pal, not someone who wanted to preach to me. Now, strategy number four, people forget facts, but they remember stories. That's your why for using stories. People remember them, which means they remember you and they remember your message. Now, people talk a lot about using storytelling techniques in content. So I want to touch a little bit on what that really looks like. What is a story? What defines a story? So I looked it up to begin with because a good old dictionary definition never hurts. So a story is an account of imaginary or real people and events told for entertainment. Now, I would add to that that it's also to pass on a learning, which is the origin of stories, isn't it? They were told around campfires to entertain, yes, to pass along dark nights where there wasn't much else to do. But they were also cautionary tales to ensure children didn't go off with the big bad wolf or they were generational tales about the best times to harvest, for example. So a story is a recounting of events that involves a human element. And the characteristics or maybe the elements of a story are there's a plot. So Julia's resigned from laundry duties many times before, but this time it's real. And there's a showdown, which will mean dirty kids, but a pristine laundry. So there's a plot, there's a series of events, there's a setting, an aspirational laundry under siege. Then there are the characters, there's Julia and her kids. There's a point of view. So this is told from Julia's perspective. So you might be telling a story from your perspective or from a client's perspective or from a peer's perspective or from a family member's perspective. And then there's also a conflict and the conflict for Julia was the laundry duties. 
So they're the broad elements of a story. There's a plot, there's a setting, there's a human element, there are the characters, there's the point of view or the perspective, and there's maybe usually a bit of a conflict or a bit of a tension. And Julia tells a story that's relatable. It's entertaining, but it's also authentic. It's the story that grabs attention and makes us or made me read to the end. I was right there with her and I could understand her frustration with her brood because we've probably all felt the same. So sharing real stories that illustrate a point or are relevant to the point that you're trying to share is far more engaging. Like I said, people forget facts. They might forget the five things that make for good design, but they will remember a story. They will remember the beautiful versus the ugly baby. (laughs) Maybe. Okay, strategy number five. Be the best unkept secret. And the most important message I want to share here is content isn't marketing. There's no point in creating if no one sees it. So putting together the content is step one. And arguably, it's the easy, or maybe not the easy bit, but the easier bit. We feel all warm and fuzzy and pleased with ourselves that we're creating all these posts and all these blogs, for example. But then we're also wondering why they don't translate into growth. Well, that's because they're the best kept secret. Getting people to your content and leveraging it as a growth tool by ensuring that people take action is where the rubber hits the road. If we go back to the beginning, what's the purpose of your content? Well, it's to create growth. Because if you're doing it for any other reason, I don't know why. What are you doing to get eyes on your content and to leverage it for growth? I think it's better to be creating a smaller amount of really great content that you invest your time in marketing and sharing than focusing on volume that never really sees the light of day. So right at the end of her post, her content, Julia makes an offer. You can buy the baskets featured in her laundry from her shop. But not only that, she tags the tile company, so they'll probably share it too. And that's the tip of the iceberg. Because if you know greenhouse interiors, you will know that their marketing efforts are pretty damn good, particularly in terms of collaborations and joint ventures. So yes, creating the content is one thing, but it has to be the best unkept secret. It can't remain hidden. You have to get people to it. And that's a different set of actions to creating and publishing the content. You've got to do some marketing. So friends, how about giving yourself a little nudge on some of these things next time you're in content creation mode? Maybe ask yourself, number one, are you in the design studio talking to other designers or are you in your audience's metaphorical office talking to them about things that matter to them? Number two, what's the so what story? Why should your audience give an F? Number three, does it pass the barbecue chat test or is it as boring and generic as bat poo? The fourth strategy, are you leveraging storytelling? Are you becoming engaging and memorable through human stories that illustrate your point? 
and strategy five, are you doing the work to get people to that content? Not lovingly crafting your best work that also becomes the best kept secret. I don't suggest you have to do all of these every time, but the marketing bit is a bit of a non-negotiable and the rest probably stand up to scrutiny in most instances. Maybe you don't need to do the storytelling piece every single time, but I think this stands up as a reasonably good checklist to create some pretty on-purpose content. Maybe take a look at your last three pieces of content and ask yourself, what could you learn from this too? If you apply these principles to them, how did you stack up? And always look for examples of great content that you can learn from too. If it got your attention, ask yourself why. You don't have to copy it exactly, obviously. We're not all going to start telling stories about laundry wars. But ask yourself what principles are at play here and how could you use them too. So that's it from me for today. I hope you found this podcast useful. Again, thank you so much for being here with me. I always appreciate it when you lend me your ears. And I hope you have an amazing day. I hope you have a fantastic week. And I can't wait to chat to you again very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining me, Beck Hughes, on the C Word podcast. If you'd like to know more about me and how we can work together, head on over to my website at beckhughes.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Beck Hughes Branding. And if you like what you heard, subscribe, leave a review and share with your friends and business buddies who might like to listen in too. The music for this podcast is by Penguin Music on Pixabay.